and welcome to another episode of a talk of opportunity today with me as usual i have andrew hi and myself and we're going to talk about monsters and things from the monster manual have you ever noticed the cambion in the original monster manual no it looks looks fucking dumb <laughs> all right <laughs> just want to get right. that out there Yeah. Uh, we said uh, we set ourselves some homework <laughs> to come up with a list <laughs> well. of, of our top monsters. And me, as the procrastinator of the group, did a list of my top, what, three, four? Five, five. I think. My top five monsters. That's no, it. No, no, just no, no, just, no, no, just no. five monsters. Hold on, hold on. You, we said we had this idea, like, we're going to talk about our favorite monsters. And originally, I was like, oh, it's going to be top three. But then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I like a lot of monsters. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to sort it by low level, medium level, and high level. And then I'm like, well, I don't like these monsters, too. So I put my three least favorite monsters. You turned in I'm, a two-page essay. And then I'm like, okay, Jose, now, now it's your turn. Go. And you just like, <laughs> Yes, uh, and the, under, and, the underachiever in me <laughs> managed no, to do five monsters. No, that's that's one of the things that I realized that when you put like your monsters, I'm like, oh god, I really <laughs> overthought this. Well, the thing is that I'm looking because I look, I'm looking at the document, and it's actually this is why I like talking to you about this shit because you actually think about it. You know what I mean? So you split it at a couple of different tiers, right? Yes. So we're gonna do, start do, with you. Do you want me to explain the tiers? No, we're just going to go okay. right into it. Okay. And we're going to start with your top three low-level first encounter monsters and go. Okay. So when I mean low-level, I mean like this is the types of monsters you would fight when you're like level one through like three-ish. Right. So, um, so, well, first of all, wait a minute. Are we not doing the beer thing now? <laughs> Oh, dude, I've been so rushed today. I didn't actually grab my beer. Do you have your beer? Yes, I have. I have a I have a crowd favorite. OK, mm. hold on. I'm going to I'm going to go get a beer real quick. OK, so I'm back. And I have a beer. And, and I've never run that much before. For a beer. For a beer. Well, in no. general. <laughs> yeah, actually, I just haven't run that much at all. <laughs> <laughs> so since since you didn't forget about the beer thing, you get to talk about your beer first while I calm down my my breathing. <laughs> just just breathe through your nose, man. <laughs> okay, so so my beer today is a crowd favorite. Uh, it is a it is a hef of Weizen. Um, it is the one and only German imported grapefruit beer. The Schaffer, Schafferhofer, Schafferhofer. No Hold fucking on. way. Yes. Guess what my beer is. A Schofferhofer. Yes, grapefruit <laughs> beer, and beer spelled as in B I E R. Yes. We are so in sync, my brother. 
Hold on. Let me look up the pronunciation because for anyone that's actually your... for I think anyone I think it's just beer. No, no, no. I mean I mean for the actual name. Schofferhofer? Yeah. Schoff Schaffer Ahoffa. Oh, okay. So, so Schaffer Hoffa. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you to guess what my beer was by the sound, but you are right now, so here it goes. It's a beer. It is definitely a beer. It's unfiltered. It's grapefruit juice. It's not a grapefruit beer. It's grapefruit beer and juice. That's what makes it. That's what makes it special. Mm. The unfiltered, reason... unfiltered Hefeweizen with grapefruit juice and natural flavored color with beta carotene. Yeah. The, the reason I, I the first time I found this beer was one time we went to Epcot and it was one of those summer days. And if you remember Epcot, there's like no shade. Mm-hmm. And we were fucking dying walking. We got to we got to the Germany Pavilion. And we're like, my dad and I were like, all right, let's get a beer. And I saw the grapefruit beer, and I'm like, oh, I'm not a big fan of grapefruit, but it looks very refreshing because I saw people drinking it. Mm-hmm. Dude, when it's like 105 degrees outside, and you are dehydrated and hot, and you can't even like walk anymore, and you take a sip of this beer in the heat, it is the best, most refreshing combination <laughs> you can have at Epcot. I I really don't think there's anything better than a nice cold beer on a hot day. Because well, I, grape- I, oh yeah, grapefruit beer, most definitely. Mm. Because yeah. I, I remember we went to Bush Gardens and they were having a food and wine festival. And even though it was like early in the year, it was like March. It was still super hot because it's Florida. Yeah, and we got yeah, and and we got a. Uh, it was a. It wasn't. It wasn't a grapefruit like Hefeweizen. It was actually a uh, an IPA, but it had grapefruit like brine taste mm. to it and oh my god dude in that heat it was like manna from heaven <laughs> like that, yeah. first, that that first taste is like transcendent well i i do believe i do believe that you start appreciating beer when you first have a crispy cold beer and the florida heat mm-hmm. because if you remember when we when when we when we were in college back in the olden days um I was a snob and I was like, oh, why would you drink beer when you can have, you know, a good whiskey and tequila and blah, 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 blah. Because whiskey and tequila makes you really fucking hot. <laughs> right? <laughs> Until one day I was helping my dad clean clean the backyard in the usual Florida heat. And we were fucking dying. And my dad, it, it was just butt light that he had. You know, not like the best introduction to beer, but I think it's the most common one. Um, and dude, at that moment, I learned why beer is this what it is because it was so refreshing it was so cold plus the memory of like you know working alongside my dad is pretty cool too oh yeah yeah but mm. no so anyways <laughs> something to be said about that yeah uh so loads here <clears throat> all right so I'm gonna start back over on this because of the whole beer fiasco. Oh, I'm not. Edit- I'm not editing that out. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna hear me breathing really hard. <laughs> this is like an hour of raw footage. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, like I said before, when 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 I say low tier, I mean like for players like oh, like level one through three. 
kind of a thing or you know for like uh these would probably be goons for like a higher level monster um but my okay so i'm actually going to start from three and then work my way up because my number one is my number one for a reason okay so for number three i have the kuatoa um which is just in the regular monster manual uh the reason why they're my number three is because they they can be kind of played in a sort of a light-hearted way because they are fish people <laughs> they're fish and big arms. <laughs> yeah they're fish with big eyes and they look dumb and stuff like that and they and they worship a god named Bladopulp. I believe that's the pronunciation. <laughs> that is the best god name ever. Bl- yeah, bl- bl- Bladopulp. Bladopulp. The sea mother. Um, nice. And it's one of those things. It's like you see you see the first Kuotoa, and it's literally just a guy with a fish head <laughs> and, and they're not, they're not very, um, they're not very strong. They got, they got a pretty low armor, 13, you know, low hit points, 18 yeah. hit points and whatnot. And they don't really do that much damage. It's usually like a one D eight plus one. That's, that's the highest they can go. Um, they're really more, uh, threatening in a group, uh, cause you have stuff like the nets and their sticky shields and whatnot. But then you turn the page and things get a bit darker because <laughs> suddenly you get the Kuoto Archpriest and the Kuoto Whip. And then you realize, oh, shit, <laughs> there's a reason why these guys like kind of rule the Underdark. <laughs> and, and, th- and like I said, things get a little bit more intense from there, um, especially the Archpriest, because goodness they have like mass cure wounds and stuff like that um like this this can make this can make a normal battle into like a confrontation real quick um but another thing that's really cool about the kuotoa is that they for whatever reason they're the only species in the D lore that can imagine a god into creation and is that how they happen? Yes, that is actually how Bladopulp happened, is that they just imagined it to happen. It's just, I, wish, I wish life was like that. So, so for whatever reason, like I said, for whatever reason, the Kuotoa are the only species that can just imagine things into being. And nine times out of ten, their gods are like, because they're, 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 they're stupid creatures. Like, they are canonically stupid. So, so like usually their gods are just like a lighthouse that they came across, and they're like, "Oh, it's a fallen god!" So they start to worship it, and then the lighthouse rises out of the ground, <laughs> or, some, or something like that. <laughs> so it's it's yeah, it's really interesting, um, and it's always a monster I've wanted to I wanted to um, try and experience, but I haven't had the chance yet. Well, funny enough, or my f- first encounter with the. Uh... Kuotoa was actually yesterday. No, not yesterday. Wednesday. We were uh, playing the Out of the Abyss, and one of the one of the NPCs that were trapped with us in uh, in jail was a Kuotoa. But my my DM uh, played him very uh, like like very much like I, I want to say like the dude from uh, from the Big Lebowski. Oh, so the actual dude. 
Yeah, like dude, you know. But and, he was just really chill. Yeah, like super chill, and like he knew his way around the underdark, and and I was like, he was describing it. I'm like, what the what the hell is this? And sure enough, he like showed us a picture. I'm like, oh, well, that's disgusting. All right. <laughs> well, that was my first. That was my first encounter with these guys, which is funny that you're talking about as your third. <laughs> okay, so so. Just to give you an excerpt from the book about how they can create gods. Bladopal was likely invented by a Kuatoa that improved on a broken human statue by adding limbs in the head of a crustacean and sudden off its handiwork and then named the resulting form a god. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's you, can, a, you, can, you can do some pretty, you can do a, a, a really trippy uh, level one dungeon with these guys, I think. Well, it's like the one to three type situation. The one, the one thing I always see, and and I want to say the monster manual too, but the one thing I always want to um, partner Kuatoas with is um, an Aboleth, because because Aboleths have this really fascinating lore where they were here before the gods were. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and and so they are constantly like wanting to take back their thrones and who better to help them with that than things that can literally imagine gods. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think that'd be a pretty deadly duo. Um, speaking of I like, deadly, I like, hmm? I like the quote, they invent their own gods. The very definition of insanity. It's a bowel misrim of Muslim Baranza. Min, min oh, Menza Baranza. That's the city in a, yeah. in the under, in the underdark. Yeah. Have <laughs> we told you the definition of insanity? Inventing your own gods. Doing the same thing over and over again. In this case, it actually worked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so this, so this is probably, like I said, this is probably one of those enemies that'd be really cool for like a DM that you know wants to try something weird, like kind of yeah. Lovecraftian, like a little strange, you know. I can see it. I can totally see it. Um, so on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, my number two low level monster is the hobgoblin. And one of the first, well, pretty much the only reason why I picked the hobgoblin is because a lot of inexperienced players, they hear the word goblin and they're like, yep. eh, that's okay. We got this, <laughs> you know, because yep. goblins in D&D are lazy, cowardly. They don't like confrontation. They'll take the easiest way out. Hobgoblins are the exact fucking opposite. <laughs> Hobgoblins are like, is like that troubled child that went to military school and came back like, like he can eat lightning and crap thunder, <laughs> like yep. kind of guy. And and it's one of the things that's like I find it really hard to believe that these are, these are actually like, CR one half because okay, just the regular hobgoblin, right? It's mm-hmm. a CR one half. Which means effectively, you know, two of these things can take on a level one party in a normal encounter. But it has an armor class of 18. <laughs> like, that's rolling really high. Yeah, and I then, mean, I think, I think, I think most of the times that I've seen the hobgoblins being used is as either like the ruler of like goblins, like, like a goblin cave, or like the bodyguards of like a like a more major character and yeah so it's one of those things like it has an armor class of 18 which for 
for like a level one player, that's rolling pretty high. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, it has martial advantage, which means if it's in within five feet of his comrade, which it should be because it has military like strategy in mind. If it's when if it's in within five feet of an ally, it does an extra two d six damage. Jesus that, Christ! Which which that means one good hit can take down a wizard. Actually, it could probably take down one good hit could probably take down a fighter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. So I mean, if it if it crits. If it crits on just the normal attack, you're probably already screwed. But yep. then it gets that extra 2d6 because of the martial advantage. And this is this is one of these monsters that I would probably include in a in a setting that's more like war based and stuff like that. Because I if this is like someone's first adventure, I wouldn't throw this monster. It's, it's honestly a tad unfair. Um yeah. like I might have a ho- like a hobgoblin be like like you said, like the leader of a group of goblins or something like that, but I wouldn't have them be the normal enemy unless the idea is supposed to be that you're like, it's a war game. And, and the one thing I really like about hobgoblins is that it's kind of a cold splash of water for, for, um, for cocky adventurers. Exactly. They're like, cause they're like, Oh, we got these, you know, it's, it's a CR one half monster. No bitch. Well, yeah. Cause you hear Hobgoblin, goblin. They were like, Oh, it's just a goblin. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, yes. no, it's just a goblin. Hobgoblin. Yes, <laughs> yes. So Volo's guide further expands the hobgoblins by including the hobgoblin iron shadow, um, which is essentially a hobgoblin ninja. Uh, these things have a really high acrobatics and stealth uh, score, and they have they have spells that help them with stealthing, like minor illusion, expeditious retreat, silent image, and stuff like that. And plus, nice. they could. They can make four unarmed attacks. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, four. Um, and then on top of that, it can it can also magically teleport within thirty within thirty feet, uh, with like to the shadow. So it's essentially like a um a way of the shadow monk, but hobgoblin. And then on top of that, <laughs> you have the hobgoblin devastator, which is their uh their spellcaster. And and they can okay, so you know how the regular hobgoblin had the martial advantage, which gives them the extra two d six damage, right? Yes. This one gets arcane advantage, which means any spell, as long as they're within five feet, away, any spell does an extra two d six damage as well. Which Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. And they and and they have spells like magic missile, which always hits. So so if if you have a hobgoblin devastator next to some allies, which why wouldn't you? Because it's a ranged guy. Yeah, it's gonna do, it's gonna do what? Three d four damage plus two d six automatically. And Damn, then that's fire, that's fucking fire, scary. Fireball, fly, lightning bolt, ice storm. I mean, these guys are like scary. <laughs> they're they're like really scary to think you say about. Fire, fireball or firebolt. Fireball, B A L L. Oh, and what? they also have they also have Firebolt as well. <laughs> so, wait, what? What's the R? Is this? Uh, four. Oh, okay, so it's, uh, all right, so it's a little higher than the. Yeah, it is a little higher. I I would say this would probably be if you're doing like a one through five campaign, this would probably be like the main villain. So, but. But still, even for even for a lower level, that's pretty scary. Yeah. 
So speaking of scary, that brings me to my number one low level monster, which is the Knolls. Now I I have okay, so this is great for me because I've actually haven't because I looked at these guys in the monster menu and I was just like, oh, it's just hyenas, and I just kind of like skipped through them. So me too. I I, I did I did the exact same thing. I looked down like, oh, that's cool. They're like hyena men. Okay, moving on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's one of those things that's like, okay, they look kind of cool. You know, that that's pretty that's pretty metal. And then I just moved on. But then I read the Volo section of Knowles and okay, so it explains that Knowles are even though they're humanoids, they're technically demons. Like oh. they're like they're possessed by the by the demon lord Yanagu, which the stats are in Mordekainen's. Um and so and so they are tasked to patrol the earth and call the weak by feasting upon them. Um but the thing that really gets me, the the one thing that actually kind of scared me was that the gnolls constantly suffer from eternal hunger to the point that if they go without eating for a certain amount of time, they will turn on each other. Oh, and they will actually cannibalize each other because it's like, what's it? There's actually this really awesome quote in, um, in Volos. I'm trying to, trying to find it. You can go ahead and talk. I'm reading, I'm reading the roll 20 bit. Um, and, uh, it says that they attack like a plague of locust, which is kind of, scary since they're a lot bigger <laughs> yeah yeah exactly they 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 constantly roam roam the land and they will just happen upon a village and they will just they'll and and, and the thing about it is they won't just kill them they will eat the people yeah, that's in yeah, the yeah. village and it's it's legitimately terrifying to like think about uh, there's Hold on, I'm trying to find. There's this. Excellent yeah, they paint. Quote. They paint a nice picture here. It says that you know, armor warriors that are holed up in a fortified castle will be fine, but like all the villages and towns around the castle will be set ablaze and destroyed, you know, and people will be slaughtered and devoured. So that's terrifying. So okay, so so I found it. It's actually a chant that the gnolls tell themselves before they like go into battle or something like that, or seeking out prey. They don't go into battle; they seek out prey. Right, right, right. The they're not noble. They're not noble enough for battle. But it's the chant is the first gift is hunger. It is his blessing. It is our call to bring death. The second gift is death. Death proves our strength. Death purges our fears. The third gift is fear. We fear that we will fail him. We fear the onset of hunger. So. The thing that really kind of screwed me up on this is that these things are driven by hunger, but also the fear of going hungry. And it's like, what the hell could possibly make these things afraid? Yeah. <laughs> and and the thing that's the thing that's also really screwed up about it is that when they eat their own, the null skeleton doesn't just stop moving. It gets back up. <laughs> Because because is like, no, you're not done. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, get back up. <laughs> and so and so that that's where the Noel Witherling comes in. Um, which granted, it's still pretty weak, but it's God, it's terrifying to think about. <laughs> Man, I can so. see, I can see this as like a oh, a small little adventure of like 
oh, you're in town called by the king because the king wants to uh, take care of some um, uh, say barbarians, but that's uh, that's wrong in D&D. Uh, some outlaws, you know, out of town because they've been taking on the, um, you know, just, just like a, a menial low-level thing. But as mm-hmm. you're talking to the king, the bells start ringing and, you know, you go out to investigate and all you see is just a sea of gnolls destroying everything outside mm-hmm. of the walls as people just, rush into the walls. Just and a then, knoll band coming in the town eating yeah, everything in their path. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the, the king quickly changes his, like, wall adventures. <laughs> it seems like I need you for more and more, much more than just taking care of some outlaws. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, this is one of those things that's, like, like, I, I always imagine it can be, like, one of those adventures where like someone gets stolen in the middle of the night by gnolls and like, and the adventure's like, haha, we can take them. And so they track down the gnolls and they track them down their caves. And then they see the full like carnage and depravity of the gnolls. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, like, Oh my God, oh, geez. Gnolls, gnolls scare the crap out of me in the best way possible. And that's why they're my number one. Like, like when I read the Volos guide, I was legitimately, shocked by how dark the material was about gnolls <laughs> yeah that's why that's why i like the the monster manual and the volos guide and the volos uh guides monsters because it just just reading that shit gives you ideas for like homebrew and stuff oh yeah oh yeah i had so many ideas for gnolls after that it's just it 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 legitimately completely changed my mind on gnolls like they they stopped being like oh haha hyena people too like these are a genuine threat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Because for me, like, that's what it was. It was just like, oh, cool, like, you know, hyena, werewolves types things, uh, li- li- hyena lycanthropes. But nope, <laughs> they're a lot more terrifying than I thought they were. <laughs> yeah, no, these things are cursed, and they believe that their curse is actually their strength. And it's just, Whew, man, there's layers. Talking there's about a cult. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's there's a lot to unpack there. Speaking of cults, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to throw in there before I start just ranting on about my other monsters? <laughs> well, you know, you have a special mention. I don't know if you want to mention that. Oh, that's right, I do. Yeah, special mention. Mimics. I think that kind of goes without saying. Yep. <laughs> they're my. They're, ever since our group got attacked by a mimic in like, I think it was like Tomb of Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Every time there is a chest. They are so fucking paranoid. Just, just poke it. Just no, no, no. <laughs> See, here's the thing: there, there is either the right amount of mimics is either one single mimic, mm-hmm. or every other thing is a mimic. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't think I don't think I talked about this, but do you do you happen to watch the episode of uh when that when we ran uh, when I ran the um, the Rick and Morty adventure? No, I have not, unfortunately. Um, Which one? Episode one or two? Two. Oh, oh no, okay. No, no, no. Uh, yes, that happened. In the... Okay, so I'm going to tell you. Okay. So there, was this, there was this room with a pedestal and a chest on top of the pedestal. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing else. And, and if I remember correctly, the, the little ex- excerpt to read to the, to the players said, oh, look, it's a room with nothing in it. Just a chest, you know, with treasure. Because, you know, you guys have gone through so much. Here, have it. That's something along those lines is what it said. Uh-huh. And of course, of course, everybody was just like, this is a mimic, right? So Wait. somebody, 
Wait, wait, wait. Huh? Can, I, can I guess real quick? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Before you tell me what the mimic is, continue. Just stop okay. right before you tell me what the mimic is. So, somebody has a great idea of shooting an arrow to the chest. Mm-hmm. Right? And it hits. And in my head, I'm like, oh. Okay, so who, who do you think the, the mimic is? The pedestal. Okay, hold that thought. Okay. Because the mimic is actually the chest. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. But here's the thing. I was like, how does a, how, how would it react, right? Like, should I give it away? But I'm like, no, nothing happened. You know, it got hit with a with an arrow. So of course mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, it's safe, you know, let's open it. And then as they open, I'm like, oh, all of a sudden you hear this scream of pain as the chest whips out a big tongue and slashes you. So now they're fighting the mimic, right? Mm-hmm. They kill it because it was hurt with the arrow, right? Because I, I make I make sure that they know that the arrow actually did hurt 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 it. Right. And they kill it. Um and as soon as they kill it, they hit the, the land the landing the land ending blow, and I'm like, how do you kill it? They describe it, and I'm like, okay, yes, exactly. That happened. And as soon as that happens, a big purple mouth opens from the pedestal and another tongue <laughs> wipes out. <at> you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're like, Are you serious? And I'm like, Yes. Yes. So they managed to kill it again. And oh, while they're fighting, Jeremy's like, what? Are the walls and the floor also a mimic? And then they kill the pedestal. And as soon as the pedestal uh, uh, dies, I was like, it was went quiet. It's like, they're like, oh, is there any treasure? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you managed to see that the floor opens into a big mouth and another purple tongue <laughs> <laughs> and hits you for this much. And I reveal like this massive token of the size of the room. And they run out, and eventually they kill it, and they get the treasure and stuff like that. But like, it was just like it was called the mimic room, and they were not kidding because it was a mimic after a mimic after a mimic. <laughs> after that, they didn't trust anything. <laughs> Fucking Rick and Morty, I love that adventure so much. You just throw one in there, and you let that seed of paranoia, <laughs> like, take hold. You know what I mean? But that's the that's the most um. That's the most, uh, what's it called? Uh, memory I have with Mimic. <laughs> they called it. They were like, is the, is the floor going to be a Mimic? And then they're like, they try to, they're like, oh, we can't run away. He's like, the floor. And, and then as they're running away, I'm like, guys, it's the floor. The floor cannot move. And like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so they eventually kill it by throwing uh, javelins from outside. It was, it was, it was, it was glorious. If you guys want to watch it, uh, it's, uh, the highlight is actually on, um, Oh wait, no! I didn't do a highlight of that because it would have been a highlight for every room. <laughs> but episode two is on YouTube and also on Facebook and our Twitch. But that's one of those things. Is like I saw I saw a sketch about like creative uses of mimics, uh-huh. and you you probably seen it too. It's a fairly popular thing. But one of them was the mimic rope ladder, and it was it was a sketch of a guy climbing a rope ladder, and at the very top over the wall was just a mouth waiting for him to climb in. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mimics oh um, god all right well i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw my my low level uh monster here okay um, let's let's hear it and it's it's low level but it's also like just at the edge i want to you know it's because it's a nothing the nothing the yeah nothing nothing canothic no just just nothing okay have you ever seen this guy? I have seen him. However, I haven't had the chance to actually do anything with it or interact with it in any way, shape, or form. So, 
I've dealt, I've run two of these. Um, the first one. So these guys are essentially mages that have been cursed by their own mistakes. Okay. Um, they were, uh, I guess, uh, you know, one of the sections it says uh, it's the cursed arcanist, because you know some wizards that were devoted, they were devoting their lives to unearth the secrets of the arcane, um, fucked up, and got turned into, uh, into an ethic. And this could happen to pretty much any wizard, really. Um, the reason I got like these guys, is because they're not evil. Well, they're evil. But they're neutral, like they don't care. And if your players are like running through a dungeon, a dark dungeon, and they're like very careful and it's kind of creepy, it communicates through telep- telepathy. Telepathy. Mm-hmm. Telepathy. So they don't know where it's coming from. It's just in their heads. And that fucking freaks them out instantly. And if they ask for like a perception to see if they see anything around, all you can describe is one big round greenish eye looking into their souls because Oof. that's that's all it is right mm-hmm. for the most part they're happy if you leave them alone and give them some coin or some magical items or some potions something for them to be entertained um but if you piss them off they have an action called rotting gaze it uh it rots your skin you take what 3d6 necrotic damage. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're they're nasty little shits. You know, their their armor class is also level uh, is their armor class is 15, so it's not that low either. And these things can crawl through walls, I mean, on walls and ceilings, they can move really fast. You know, they also have uh insight plus 4 and they can read minds. Wow, that is... Yeah, they have magical insight and it, it, they can essentially attract, extract knowledge from creatures. Um, so they can, like, know what will, like, entice someone to, like, turn on their party or, like... So you can really mess with, like, a player. And that's, one, and, and that's one of the things where it's like, oh, it's a failed Arcanist or Arcanist or however. But... So it's like a lot of these monsters already have the lore packed in. Like, really, if you just look into a lot of these things and just kind of expand upon it, you already have an adventure there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and because so because these guys are so freaking curious, and I was just quickly reading through this because I forgot a couple parts. Um, so they have the ability to to extract insight, uh, specifically magic insight, right? Mm-hmm. And they lurk in like magical areas where there's a lot of like maybe other wizards are working or like an evil wizard is like is putting experiments and stuff like that. They get attracted to that magic and they don't care to like give you information as long as you have payment for them. And like I said, it could be coin, it could be a magical item, it could be potions or something interesting for the Noctec. That's up to you to like figure out like what the price would be. So it's a it's a good if your players are stuck, it's a good way to like introduce um, uh, tips and like guide them the right way, and also teach them that you don't have to kill everything. Yeah, that's honestly, I- I'm actually really glad you said that because 
that's one of the hardest lessons for me is that I have that I have that feeling like if it bleeds we can kill it. Right. No, I'm the same way. I'm like hit it. <laughs> Smack it. Yeah, it has it has the HP. Hit it. Yeah, <laughs> so. the, the, the HP is to bring it the HP is there to bring it down. So let's do this. But like, you know, if you do, you're gonna get a nasty burn, man. And 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 and, and again, because they don't see it and they have such like highs high wisdom and perception. Usually the Noctex sees the adventurers first and it communicates telepathically. So like they can't see it, they can't attack it. So it's like a perfect moment for to teach like, hey, it's a monster. He's evil. It sounds evil, but it doesn't mean that he's gonna attack you and kill you. To me, this looks like one of those monsters where, you know, the protagonist is stuck somewhere, but it you know, it's like a dungeon or what have you, but then they show up and they can impart some knowledge that kind of help them along their way. So it's sort of like you know they're evil, but if you just humor it, 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 it'll probably let you go. Right, exactly. You know, so that's that's one of like it's fun to role play because you can always do whatever evil voice you want to do, um, and it's a way for you to communicate the players the right way of going without being like, "Hey guys, you're stuck here. Try this." You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's a very useful monster. Well, it's and also, also and it's also creepy as fuck. And, and and because because it's inquisitive and it seeks out magic, it can kind of fit naturally into almost any situation. Right. You know, like, oh, why is a Nothic here? Because it's a Nothic. Why are you, like, questioning it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's like a column. You know, it's a column from, but, you know, a little bit more scary. Yeah, because it's actually intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. All right, so now let's move off move up to uh mid-tier mid-tier okay because somebody here put the list all wrong with high tier <sighs> in the level i mean in the middle well no i put high tier top no because be, no no be, because i originally just wanted to do low tier and high tier and then i'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like oh well then what about mid-tier i don't want to leave them out there's like tons of <laughs> monsters in between <laughs> yeah no, you're, so. right, you're right you're right all right all right so Mid-tier, go for it. Okay, so I'm not going to do the backwards down. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go down the. List. So my, <laughs> my number one mid-tier monster, surprising Jose, absolutely not at all, is the Beholder. Um, what the Beholder? What? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. Not at all. <laughs> Funny enough, and, the only time I ran an actual Beholder fight, you missed that session. And I wasn't there. I know. And and when you told me, I I was legitimately bummed out. <laughs> like I was like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. <laughs> but I, I, think, I, I like, think at that I think at that time I didn't know you like beholders so much. Otherwise, I would have like pushed it. Oh no! I okay. So the thing about beholders is, it it, it actually kind of works out because it was more like I didn't want to fight the beholder. I just wanted to see it in action. Mm. because a beholder is not really the type of monster I would want to fight. It's more like a type of monster I would want to run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because if we're going on, I want to say Volos. Yeah. If we're going on Volos, the beholder is a monster that is so paranoid. It already has a contingency plan for when its contingency plan has failed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where, <laughs> 
And 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 we've talked about this before briefly, not on the podcast, but we talked about this before where, where I'm like, you know what, Jose, I'm just going to make a I'm just going to make like a short adventure where all it is, is that you already start in the beholder's lair or like at the mouth of the beholder's lair. And you just have to work through the bullshit that he's laid out because he knows that these adventures can be this, that and the other hand. And so like this this pit of spikes will drop but it's not but but you don't fall in the spikes because because he knows one of you guys has resistance piercing damage so he's also like lying the wall of spikes <laughs> with glyphs of warding and stuff like that and, but then once you land on the spikes because he knows you guys are going to climb out of the spikes once you land on the spikes they teleport you somewhere else and stuff like that and it's just the adventure is literally just getting to the boss room <laughs> you know yeah and and so it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, awesome. I get to put as much like torture into a dungeon as possible. <laughs> and but it's also it's one of those things like, OK, we're I haven't even got to the stats yet, but it's one of those things where it has the complete package like the beholder. It already it's already going to have a lair because it's paranoid. It doesn't want to be out in the public. So it's gonna have its own layer, it's gonna have its own minions. Trust it doesn't it doesn't trust himself to do a good good enough job kind of a thing. And but he doesn't trust his minions fully either. Yeah, he doesn't trust anybody. Not even himself. Because if a beholder dreams, it comes up with another beholder, and then those two beholders have to fight like a yep. beta fish. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> and that oh my god it's just the lore is insane <laughs> like okay so if a beholder if a beholder dreams of another beholder that beholder that it dreamt of just happens but if the beholder dreams no if the beholder realizes it can die not the fact that it dreams of dying on, on the rare occasions that a beholder sleeping mind drifts drifts to places beyond thermal madness, imagining a reality where, in which it exists beyond death. If a beholder just imagines it can live beyond death, it becomes it becomes a death tyrant. <laughs> and it's just like this is madness. <laughs> this is insanity. And I love so me, it. So let me ask you here this. What if the minions of this specific beholder are the Kuotoa. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't... Hmm. Ah, oh, you know what? Okay, so my mind immediately went to no, it's not going to trust the Kuotoa because the Kuotoa can just imagine another god. And it can't imagine an I, a, a world living... It, it's not you know, the main god. Oh my god, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta write this down. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause my, okay, because a beholder would know that these things are stupid. So I feel like a beholder would try to convince them, the Kotoa, to make him a god. But You know what I mean? But a beholder, the one thing that a beholder is is paranoid. So it would oh, probably yeah. be like it would probably be like, oh, these things are stupid. But what if they're just pretending to be stupid? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. No, it could be it could be really nasty. But, but that's but the I, point. I, 
I, I love I, I love right Beholders are actually one of my favorites too because of all the things you've said, but also like their layers. Layer. Layers. Layers. Ooh, yeah, like off. it's like the layer itself is just crazy. I remember when I was running Tomb of Annihilation, you know the spores that that form in the beholders layer? Uh-huh. Um, it sprouts eyes. Because, yeah, because the eyes there the eyes are telepathically communicating with the beholder telling it what's up. But if an adventure just happens to like smack the eye, guess what? The yeah. eye shoots back. <laughs> so like it just random shit starts to happen. So so that's just and that's just lore that we're talking about. So what if we really dive into the stats, these things are armed to the teeth. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean just oh god. Okay, so first of all, armor class 18, hit points 180. That's a lot. That is a tank. <laughs> hit point die. And then 19 D tens plus 76. <laughs> plus 76. It has a constitution of plus four people. <laughs> And, yeah, and then on top of that, if it if for whatever reason it does not decide to use any of its eye rays, which it won't, but if it, for whatever reason it doesn't use any of its eye rays, its bite attack still does four d six piercing damage. Yeah, <laughs> so it's and then and then the eye rays, the oh my god, the eye rays is like, three. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you something because I ran one of these. Mm-hmm. It's fucking hard to keep track of. It really is. But it's, but it's so much fucking fun. Somebody needs like, to make an app specifically to run this kind of monsters. What, just a so like, Yeah, so like it just randomly chooses three, three, uh, three rays and in, 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 in which one of your players it hits. Because trying to do that and keeping the, the encounter moving like at a, at a constant pace is hard, man. I'm telling you, like it's a lot. Like the only way I can honestly see that happening is that while the other players are doing their turn, you just roll, you know, three d tens, and then just write down the results later. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah I know. Um, but it's so much fun, though. I love it. I fucking love it. And specifically because the one time I ran it, <laughs> the entrance to its lair is was it was just a door, like a regular sized door. Uh huh. And the beholder was invi- invincible. No, invisible. In- invisible. Yeah, invisible. So they couldn't see what was inside the room. And the gate, the, the anti magic field was just straight into the door. So oh my God. No one could do magic as they came into the room. <laughs> it was brutal, man. <laughs> like, it's. Uh, it's also, one of those. Uh, also, sorry to interrupt, but like also like yeah, describing describing the attack, like the players attacking the beholder and like the damage and how they can keep track of it, like mm-hmm. and what's happening like physically is so much fun. It's so much freaking fun. I love it. Well, it's just but, well, you go thing, ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna, I was just about to say like the thing about a beholder is that it keeps people on their toes. Mm-hmm. You know, because like it's like okay, first of all, it has the anti magic cone. Which let's let's be honest, it's bullshit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Like it's that's not, it's 
It's also a 150-foot cone, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it is a 150-foot cone. So essentially, if it just stares at the cleric, <laughs> or or even worse, if it stares at the wizard, guess what? It's just a punching bag now. <laughs> or the wizard and the cleric. I mean, that's a big cone, dude. Yeah, that's a huge cone. Actually, does it say how wide the cone is? 150-foot cone. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> Let me see. I want to look it up real quick. But um, but then on top of that, it's like okay, imagine imagine this is probably the first time your players have ran into, which for I think a lot of your players is the first time they ran into a ball, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so so. There's almost always that one player. I'm, <sighs> I admit, I'm that one player that's always like, okay, so it can do this. All right, it can do that. Okay, his attack didn't hit, but his did. So the armor class has got to be somewhere in between there. Like you know, like they're kind of like dissecting the fight. As it's yeah. going. So then you're like, okay, roll me a dexterity saving throw. All right, he gets petrified. I'm like, all right, so they can petrify people. And then and then the next turn's like, okay, roll me a dexterity saving throw. You take 55 necrotic damage. And that's the moment where you're like, you hear the <laughs> you hear the record needle. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what can this thing do? <laughs> and it's just and it's one of those things, like, I just imagine a fight with a beholder is probably just chaos, because it's just... It, it's, it was it, fucking chaos, dude. Because it, it's just eye, eye beams just going everywhere, and it's, oh, it's, it, sounds so, like a, it sounds like a lot of work, but it also sounds like a lot of fun at the same time. Another thing to keep in mind, the encounter that I ran with a beholder had a sphere. Oh, okay. I, I remember this. So when they enter the room... There was a floating sphere in the middle of the room with a cloth over it. Mm-hmm. One of the players was like, oh, that's probably a beholder. And I'm like, hey, that's metagaming. You don't know that. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. Well, but I was like, okay, it could be something along those lines, right? So they go there and have, I think, have a couple of like, whatever. They go in. It's not moving. It's just floating there. This is a circular room. And they pulled a cloth, and it was not a beholder. It was a metal sphere that was a magnet that pulled everybody that was wearing metal oh, no. to the magnet. And the only way to turn it off was to put the cloth over it again. And oh, as, soon, no. as soon as they pulled the cloth and everybody started being pulled towards the center of the room, the invisible beholder starts attacking. Oh, God. It was pure fucking chaos. One of my players pretty much spent the whole time stuck to the ball, <laughs> to the magnet, and just like <laughs> trying to shoot. One of them was like, hey, so if I shoot this way, like, what are the chances of the arrow curving and hitting the, the fucking the beholder? And I'm like, I was like, it's a, it's, I'm going to go with like 50-50 chance, right? If you roll this, you do it. Mm-hmm. They rolled that like three times in a row. It was magical. So one of my players was just attached to the magnet and just shooting arrow because oh because the beholder was essentially behind them i think it was like she, she couldn't see the beholder but she was just shooting arrows and hoping the arrows were hit and the arrows were hidden and then like my wizard was being was being uh, affected by the cone and mm-hmm. then like it, it was just complete complete lucrative like it was just so insane like <sighs> everything was happening there was explosions going everywhere uh, at one point, 
I think somebody managed to hit the the beholder in the eye, which caused it to blink, which allowed the wizard to cast a fire fireball, which hit one of the players that was under the under the beholder, but he didn't know it was under under the beholder. So it hit the beholder or it hit near the beholder. And I described that the explosion showed um show like the shape of the beholder. Oh, it's right there. And then somebody else like started hitting it with arrows. This was before the the one in the magnet. Um, before that one was to touch the magnet and started marking the beholder with arrows so now they could see it it was amazing it was that's, just pure brilliance see that's a situation where a bag of flour really came in handy yeah 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 exactly <laughs> it, was, so, it, was so, it was so hard to keep track of <laughs> oh my god oh yeah no there's a lot of levers and uh, you know a lot of things that, there's a lot of moving parts in the beholder fight I can imagine <laughs> so and it's just, and and the thing about the thing, the the scary thing. Okay, we we haven't even gone to the other, but we're probably running out on time. Um, I've been Andrew. This is Jose. Uh, thanks for listening <laughs> to our podcast. I'd be sure to subscribe on. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, we, we we gonna have to move on. We still have a lot more to go. <laughs> Welcome to the Beholder Cast, everybody. <laughs> but, okay, okay, okay. So so just one last little thing, one last little caveat of the original before we move on. This thing has the the wherewithal to not just TP like okay, not just kill the party, but just stop an adventure cold with its disintegration rate. Yep. Because <laughs> if it kills somebody with disintegration rate, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. <laughs> like there's literally no coming back from that. I don't care how many diamonds you have that are worth five five thousand gold. It's like you're you're done. <laughs> so Oh Jesus! What are we talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, other monsters. Ah, who cares about that? Let's talk about the whole. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, so moving on. Finally, moving on. My second favorite mid-tier monster is the Yuanti. Um, okay. Now. I know this is kind of weird saying it's a mid-tier when there's some low-tier versions of the Yuanti, but the thing about this is a lot... Of, okay, a lot of the reasons why I like these because of the lore that's behind them. I just I just think it's really neat and stuff like that. And Jose, you've experienced this because of an adventure that I ran, but there's legitimately so many Yuanti, you can just have them as the enemies of yeah. the entire like game yeah you know for sure there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, variety with them and 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 i i don't know what it is but there's something about the fact that they're snake men <laughs> like they're snake people and that they that they've existed like since ancient times and stuff like that and they have like a primeval god and stuff and it's just Oh, it's so, it's so very like heavy metal. <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is that they're trying to bring the the the, the world serpent back to life, right? They're trying to bring they're trying to bring their god back, which it it falls under one of two names. Um, one is like Seth, which that wasn't that wasn't a mispronunciation. There's like three S's in, in the name Seth. <laughs> Um, and the other one. What's the other one? Second, I can pull. Up. Um, 
but it's like it's like their god got reborn as another god and mm. became this <laughs> and, and, and Dendar, the separate knight the night serpent That's yes dendar mershulk and seth seth <laughs> oh hi seth how are you doing i just imagine him like a regular office named seth and and the thing about it is is that okay do you remember the part in the adventure that i ran for my birthday where yes. where you okay i haven't got to it but thank you <laughs> um, do you remember the part in the adventure that i ran for my birthday where there were people being lo- lowered lowered i can say the word there are people being lowered into a pit of snakes and they came back looking like you want Do you remember yeah. that part? Yeah, I think it's those towards the end, right? Or that was, water. Yes, that was canon. That's actually how you make other you. They give them a legitimate snake bath <laughs> oh. where they bathe, a- them in, they bathe them in snakes and snake venom and then they come back you that does not sound good or comfortable. Like, like holy crap! How can you? <laughs> and it's just the entire time I'm just like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like reading about them, like, "Oh my god, these guys are so cool!" <laughs> like, look, look at the Uwanti Pitmaster and and Volo's guide. No, he doesn't run a barbecue pit. I know, but still. Aww. The Yuanti Pitmaster, it's it has an arm made of snakes. It's a normal looking guy, but then it has an arm made of snakes. And you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this thing looks nasty. But I mean, there's so much variety and stuff like that. And and then and then another thing too is that okay, so so you're in town and you're talking to somebody and and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I can tell you how to get there or whatnot. Just follow me or whatnot. You follow them, and all of a sudden they just turn around and just start, like, stabbing you. Guess what? You just follow, you you just, you know, you walk into the trap of, of a Yuanti pureblood, which looks like a person, but they're actually a snake. <laughs> but they, like, camouflage themselves to lure people in. And it's just, these things write themselves. Yeah, no, I love I love this kind of stuff, man. It's crazy. You want to suck. Your selections are terrible. Let's say for the beholder. No, you want these are fucking awesome, and that's the hill <laughs> I will die on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three mid tier. Come on, we gotta do this. We can't do another two hour episode. <laughs> All right, number three mid tier. The so uh, so <laughs> number three yes. mid tier is the sorrow sworn, which is exclusive to. Mordekainen's Tome of Foes. These guys, Ew. yes, these guys are oh. nasty. These guys are nasty I, and they're terrifying. Is this where uh, Death the Death Space got their inspiration from? I think it's actually the other way around. Because this came from, yeah, because I don't I don't know how long the Sorrow Sworn has been around for, but these things are nasty and they're terrifying to boot. Um, Jesus Christ. So okay, so for anyone that, that that's not in the known, Sorosworn are essentially monsters of the shadow fell that um that are personifications of negative evil. So there's Na- one call there's negative huh? what I'm sorry, it, you, you broke again. Negative uh, what? Negative emotion. Oh. 
Yeah. So there's one called the angry, the hungry, the lonely, the lost. <laughs> and then there's one called the wretched, which they're more like <laughs> dogs. <laughs> but it's like the thing, the thing about these monsters is not only are they intimidating to look at, but each one of them has like a special like gimmick that's involved with their emotion. Like, like for, for instance, the angry, if, if you attack the angry, the angry gets angry and it has advantage on all of its attacks until the end of its next turn. And then on top of that, it does extra psychic damage. And, but then like another one, like the lonely, if it's within 30 feet of company, it gains Mm -hmm. advantage by company. I mean, people. If it's in within 30 feet of any creature, it gains advantage on all its attacks. Outside of that, it gets disadvantage on all its attacks because it's lonely. And it's just that like... Is, that is actually pretty cool. Yeah, and if and if you look specifically at the lonely, if you look, it has a... It, its attack is called Harpoon Arm. It has a reach of 60 feet. <laughs> what? Yeah, let that sink in. 60 feet. So you have to do... A dash action to get to before it hits you, essentially. Yes. To get in range of it, you have to take either two turns or do a dash action. But then by the time, but by the time it gets a, by the time you're in range of it, it has advantage on all its attacks. Like these things are, wow, yeah, like like these things are like scary to think about. And this is something that's like, if I was to make a homebrew horror campaign. And who's to yeah. say that I'm not? If I was to make, if I was to make <laughs> you, a home, nah, no. <laughs> I like sunshine and rainbows, just like I'm looking. Else. By, the, by the way, I'm looking at the picture of the lonely, and he looks so sad. He looks like if, really. If if I didn't see his arms and legs, I would wanna give him a hug. But then you mm. see his arms and legs, and it's like, this is disgusting. Well, that's funny because one of its attacks is called the Sorrowful Embrace. <laughs> it wants a hug. <laughs> what a poor guy. But but then it will kill you. <laughs> Anyways, um, but but this is one of the things. Like, if I was to make a homebrew like horror campaign, like I would definitely throw at least one of these. Guys. I'm not gonna have all of them in because a lot of these are really strong, and a lot of them have a lot of help. Like Damn. the hungry has 225 HP, which Jesus, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's that's one of those things. It's like I would probably throw this in at like the halfway point of a homebrew campaign, just to kind of show, hey, you're making some progress, you know. But these these things can still pack a wall up, you know. Like this would probably be like a boss fight for me, as long as you didn't put like 30 of them in one map. No, God, no. I would probably. I well, I think I think that's why they include wretched, just ah. so just so they can have you know because the wretched have pack tactics, so it's advantage on attacks with as long as them within five feet of an ally, which is a pretty common thing. Yeah, this is a cool though. <laughs> I like these. I never never seen them. Yeah, and this is one of this is one of these things. Like I would, I would love to run one of these, but I would also love to fight one. Try to find a way to get around the gimmick, which. To be perfectly honest with you, some of these I don't think you can. <laughs> you no, know? I think you have to face them like at least, at least the one that like the sixty foot range. You have to like, I think you have to face it straight on. Or that's just one of those things where it's just 
you know, have your most armored guy up front and have your spell cast keep lobbying spells. You know, it's just like it it really makes it really forces the group to think in terms of tactics. Like, okay, there's obviously we got we we gotta work around this, you know. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. That's, and I, those are those are terrifying. Like I saw them and I was like, this is death this is dead death space all the way. Oh yeah, and I I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they if if they took inspiration from that. Yeah, and since EA killed Death Stranding, that they, they didn't get sued because one of you them mean, looks really similar. You mean Dead Space? I mean Dead Space. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't kill Death Stranding. No, no, they won't. They never will. So now for my 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 monsters, because I think all the the rest of my monsters actually fall in mid tier. You ready? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. <clears throat> Because I am a Japan culture aficionado, aka a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> My first monster is the Oni. No, I'm actually right there with you. Onis are scary. They are bomb, dude. And these can fit anywhere. I think when we when I ran the pirate ship adventure uh, quest. Oh god. <laughs> They were perfect because this is what they do. They look at you. They look normal people. They look like normal people. They gain your trust. They are like a very helpful NPC. And deep inside, when you look at his eyes, you can tell that he's hungry for something. But you don't know what yet. But he's trustworthy. Until darkness descends. And then, boom! It stabs you in the back because these things can hit and they hit hard. They hit really hard. At will, they can cast darkness and invisibility. Yeah, yeah at will. <laughs> yeah, just like, like that. No rest, nothing. So that's, fuck, start with that. No problem. And then, like, what? <laughs> Multi-attack. With, you know, just, just with its claws. 1DA plus 4 times 2. Or, <laughs> or with its glaive. Oh god, the glaive. Both large form and small medium. But like in its large form, two D ten plus four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, these things, these things are bomb, dude. And you can sneak them in any adventure. If you are, if you are gonna run an oni, you've got to abuse the invisibility and darkness. Oh yes. Oh and just, yes completely fuck with the players like yep. cast dark cast darkness let them dispel it oh it's it already went invisible <laughs> yep <laughs> you know so you're like where where did it go <laughs> and then that's when the glaive comes like through your chest and stuff yep. like that and, and then on top yep. of that their attacks that are magical and they get regeneration like holy crap <laughs> these, these things are so scary <laughs> I mean, magic attacks, and then they regain 10 hit points at the end of the turn. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, at the start of his turn. Like, oof. oof. I mean, come on. Like, this is one of those things that I, and it's like, I don't know why. Why is the Oni so much scarier than almost every monster in the monster manual? Because it really <laughs> is. Like, just look at the art, look at the stats, look at the lore that's in the monster manual. This thing is scary. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah, dude, 
I love them. That's why I I, I remember I was looking for because you guys at the end of Tomb of Annihilation, you guys wanted to uh, go hunt some pirates, but you guys were like level eleven at that time. So I'm like I'm like you know I'm like reading the adventure to like run it for you guys, and then I realized that you guys are just gonna wipe the floor with all these pirates if there's not if there's if there isn't anything extra. So I'm like flipping through the book, like man, what can fit into like a pirate ship, but it's not like too like because I didn't want it to make it like like a fucking kraken shows up, you know? Like I want it to be a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. And I stumble upon the onion. I'm like, oh, this this looks kind of cool, like a like a like a Asian pirate theme type situation, right? And then I started mm-hmm. reading, and I'm like, wait, this thing takes the shape of humans, and they can cast darkness and invisibility at will. At will. <laughs> I was like, fuck yes! I put two. Only two. And I remember because I started the I started the encounter and the Onis were not just attacking the bad guys. I mean the the, the adventurers. They were attacking the pirates as well. Yeah, that's I, I remember specifically when the darkness popped and we heard we heard people dying. They were like, <laughs> they were like oh, oh no. <laughs> like, like I immediately got that sense like oh because like you know you guys you guys were hunting pirates but the parents the pirates were doing their thing so i was like this monster is just in the middle of hunting and you guys just happen to attack the ship that was my whole thing and and let me tell you this was right after the main villain of tomb of annihilation and i was you guys were cocky well not only that yeah we were cocky but that was when, because I, I think, I, I don't want to go, but I think I got the killing blow in the last Oni, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was, I, I casted Inflict Wounds at the highest level because <laughs> it was like legit, like a fight or flight response. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, if this thing doesn't, if it doesn't kill it, we're all fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I just like, I have to nuke this thing like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man and ever since then i'm always like man the only thing is perfect in my opinion for for like that kind of stuff that it's unexpected you know and this this would be <laughs> this would be perfect for like a mid-level adventure like have this like don't don't even have enemies just have like the adventurers come into a town and there's like oh there's an oni haunting it and the oni is like literally the only monster in the town like this is enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's ooh. yeah and it can change pretty much into any shape too it's not just like yeah as long exactly. as it looks, it looks like a, a, as long as it looks humanoid you can change into it yeah, and so so you're like it could be literally any one of us right now. It's like this is this is a doppelganger like to the nth degree. Yeah, <laughs> like, th- this is a doppelganger on steroids. It's <laughs> just so you know, like part of the lore is that this this is how they scare kids in the Forgotten Realms. I'm sorry. This is how they this is how they scare kids in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like I don't know if you have the book with you, but there's a nursery rhyme. And it mm-hmm. goes like, lock the door, blow out the light. The hungry Oni hunts the night. Hide and tremble, little one. The Oni wants to have some fun. Hear scratching on the door. See its shadow cross the floor. The sun won't rise for quite a while. Till then, beware the Oni smile. 
Oh god. And it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really help that the Oni's artwork is probably one of the scariest things in the monster. That face? Those With eyes, the... dude. Yep. Yep. Oh god. Ugh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Alright. So this is like my most favorite monster that is not like something grandiose, I guess you could say, right? On the other side of the scale, I have, and I don't know, I'm not sure how to pronounce this. And maybe you can help me, but it's a, a co, 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 co? I want to say it's Kowaddle. Co- Kowaddle? Let me look at it. Kowaddle? Co- co- <laughs> no, because I know, I know its name is based off of Mesoamerican mythology. Oh, cool. Oh, I yeah, I, I did know that. That's my. My fun fact for the day. Yay, fun fact for the day. <laughs> Star wipe. <laughs> uh, anyways, go go on talking about it. I'm going to look this up. All right, so the Kowaltols, I'm going to call it Kowaltols. Kowaltols. They're like this beautiful yet kind of scary serpent with feathers. And the, the thing that drew, drew me to this monster was, I think, at some point in Tomb of Annihilation, it popped up. Um... And the first thing that, that when I looked for the stats, it says divine caretakers. And I'm a sucker for anything that's divine, angelic, godlike. Because they are both beautiful and fucking terrifying. So this thing, it is essentially meant, like, once again, I guess, man, I'm a nice DM. But it's meant for the DM to help the players along. They are essentially big old celestial-like caretakers. They have they're very intelligent and they have very high insight. They're they're really bright and beautiful and yet a little bit scary because you're not quite sure. And they always tell the truth. But they, they do the one thing is that they do hold information. They they withhold information from from the players. And they also they answer questions vaguely. Um so if you piss them off, it can hurt you. I mean it has an armor class of nineteen. Uh, and the weapon attacks are all magical. It not only has an armor class of 19, it has, you know, damage immunity to just about everything. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah. What is it? Uh, let me draw a line. Oh, psychic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons. Yeah. Of course, it's completely resistant to uh, radiant damage. It has true sight, by the way, up to 120 feet, and the positive perception of 15. This is... It speaks all languages. This is one of those things. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, by oh, the way, it can it can detect thoughts too. Wow, at will. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this is like, man. Like, if the players are looking for like a very important piece of information about some demon or something that happened a long time ago, and some villagers know that at one point in history, long long ago, people used to worship a gut-like serpent in the mountains or whatever. And that's how they get there. Like, this is, like, the moment to, like, give that, like, <laughs> you know, like, like the little harp angel going down <laughs> type situation. But, like, if you look at the art, and if you present the art correctly, is that is that classic, like, hey, yes, this is an angel. Or, not an angel, I'm sorry, a celestial being. But guess what? It is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. In, a very, in a very, like, I can take you out in a minute situation. 
like oh, oh by the way it's pronounced kawaddle 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 um wow. but i always i always saw kawaddles as more like if the adventurers are they're looking for like a divine weapon or, and then it's hidden deep within the catacombs of saint who gives a shit <laughs> you know or something like that like this is going to be the thing that's guarding the temple and it's right. like it's like only like the pure of heart or something like that can you know pass through pass through these gates and so you kind of it's either like okay do we prove how good we are or do we take this thing in a fight mm-hmm. I mean, you can it's going to be a real uphill battle <laughs> you know so it's it yeah, these things are. Th- this is one of those things that's like good does not necess- necessitate being nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. So this is like essentially the total opposite of the Oni. Um, and I love it. I mean, the art is just beautiful too. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's. I, there's something about like the wings are really yeah. like awe inspiring. But this is also because because it can change shape. I, I can also imagine like a kawaddle being like a random encounter where it's like like a very fable kind of encounter. And I don't mean like the video game cool fable. <laughs> where it's like it's like, oh, it's a beggar that's asking for money. Right. And, and depending on how you treat it, it's like, oh well, I was at guys and it gives you a blessing to I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but you, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a, it's a healing monster too. Like, if most of the spells are actually healing spells, so at any like at really bad moment, they can be like, "Hey guys, what's up? I'm the beggar that you guys saved earlier. Here's some magic." Turns out I'm a winged serpent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's like a guitar solo somewhere in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so this was. Um, I, uh, to to the listener, this pod this podcast episode legitimately only became an episode about snakes. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Two> snakes. <laughs> like we were gonna just talk about snakes. <laughs> I mean, my next monster is not a snake. It's actually a mind flayer. Ooh, it's got snake for for mouths though. No, not tentacles. No. Not a snake. No, it's <laughs> wow, unbelievable. And I guess. <laughs> Wait, did wait, did did you hear what I said? That it has tentacles for mouth? No, I said it has wait, I'm like, well, it has a snake for a mouth, and then I'm like oh. <laughs> You you got out again. <laughs> this Discord is Discord is not having it right now. I never mind, fuck it. I'm not gonna say it a third time. <laughs> no, I said I said, well, it technically has snakes for a mouth. And then I'm like, no, that was bad. uh but well so anyways the reason why i like these guys is because they're essentially the uh the the, whoa the borg from star trek yes you know that they're a hive mind uh one one of them sees and everybody else sees it you know the Mm -hmm. elder brain is part of the whole uh formula here they don't have the greatest uh, armor class but goddamn try to hit them try to hit them like these guys can make you stupid. And not only that, th- these are very classic. Like it, not including mind flares would probably be a sin. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I haven't been able to run an actual Mind Flayer, but I was gonna roll. I was gonna run a level nineteen adventure that I found, and it mm-hmm. literally started with a, I guess, what, like like a big group of like nine Mind Flayers, floating about one hundred and fifty foot in the air, um, into like this crazy. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like a crazy tower, and there was like a big battle raging in the sky, and the flares were just like standing not moving but floating like they weren't moving physically like their bodies they were just standing like like statues and they were just floating into this area and it like it looks so intimidating oh yeah because you know they they can cast levitate at well so try to hit them this is one of those monsters that you kind of have to um you have to do just just like a tiniest bit of digging to realize their true capacity Mm -hmm. um because they they don't have a lot of spells they don't sorry Mm -hmm. but it's but the thing about it is that if you try to hit it, it's going to hit you back with its tentacles. And if you get grappled, it's going to try to eat your fucking brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> Legit, it's just called extract brain. <laughs> and, and it's what. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that cracked me up too. <laughs> and, 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 and even then, even if you're not within, still do its mind blast. Mm-hmm. Which which you get stunned for a minute, a minute. That is ten rounds. Okay. And and and, and, and the thing is also like for, with with these guys specific. Oh, sorry, um, with this guy is that you're not you're not you're not just gonna encounter one. If you encounter one, it's probably gonna run. But you can you can be for damn certain that there's like twenty more. No, like that know what you did. It's it's one of those things. It's like by the time it's seen you, it's already, done. yeah. You know, like it's only a matter of time before the rest of them <laughs> show up. <laughs> and and um, I, I like I like these guys because they can like legit just be. Can you imagine going into a freaking, essentially a hive, of, uh, mind flyers? And remember, these guys can like uh, can control telepathically other creatures mm-hmm. you know so like like what is it like ogres and like actually oh wait, hold on i think there's a list here let me like a, uh I mean, trogla- troglodytes kuotoas oh there sorry i was reading the wrong one <laughs> grimlock ogres quagots troglodytes so they yeah those can be those can be like your minions and uh when you're when when your adventures are trying to get in through you know and this is one of those monsters where if if you're the type of DM where you like your villainy to have layers, you, mm-hmm. does that does that make sense? This is yeah. this is the perfect monster because you're like, okay, this guy stole this, that, and the other. We have to track him down. Okay, he's actually working for this person. This person's being mind controlled by a mind flare, but the mind flare actually works for this higher up mind flare. <laughs> Who works for the? You get what I'm saying? It's just like, yep. This, this is one of the things where, it's like, how deep does this rabbit hole go? <laughs> all, all the way, all the way down to the elder brain, bro. It's all the way down. <laughs> and the elder brain is fucking intimidating. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The I, I was so happy when they included stats for the elder brain and Volos. I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, once again, not. It doesn't take a lot to hit it. It has an armor class of 10, 
which by the time you're around 10th level, if you're not hitting 10, what is your problem? You're a wizard. <laughs> yeah, well... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it, does, it but, does have 210 hit points, though. So there's that. Yeah, yeah no, also on top of that, it, it is really sturdy. But, it, but then it can also... The weird thing is, is that it makes a psychic connection with an enemy, mm-hmm. and then and then it can break that connection at will to do further damage. So Jesus, yeah. So so like the break connection, it says the elder brain targets a creature within 120 feet of it that has a psychic link. The elder brain breaks the creature's connection. The creature's concentration on a spell it has cast. The creature also takes 1d4 psychic damage per level of the spell. So this thing is tuned to take out spellcasters because according to the lore, mind flayers hate spellcasters. They're psionics. They think psionics is superior. Like, right, you know. right, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it would make sense that the higher up mind flayers are meant to take out spellcasters. And these are like the perfect enemies to throw at the cocky wizard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just let's let's see you cast spells when you ain't got a brain, bitch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty nuts. Oh, I love mind flayers. Yeah, and again, it's not just one or two; it's a whole fucking hive. Mm-hmm. There's never just one. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless, unless it's an Alhoon. <laughs> so, which that's its own thing. That's that's a that's a whole separate thing altogether. Right. Uh, but but all right. So those those are pretty much all my monsters. And then have have a special mention. Are you ready for the greatest monster of all? Let's hear it. And by monster, I feel bad calling it a monster because it's actually a blink dog. Blink dog. Blink, blink dog, dog. Blink dog. dog. <laughs> I want one of these. <laughs> they're lawful good for starters they can be a great companion because they fucking blink in and out of existence can you, have a, can you imagine having a doggy that's like fights by your side and it can like blink in and out of existence at will and it yeah it teleports but it's yeah. it's technically the, the thing about it is it's a fae it's not it's not an animal it's not a monstrosity right. it's a fae yeah. so so this makes me think that this would be a really good animal that shows up if you go to the Feywild, mm-hmm. and you're like, and you're like, oh, there's puppies here. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, magical puppies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Anyways, I just, I just, I just wanted to mention because they're, they're pretty cute, even though the the artwork looks pretty intimidating. Yeah, the artwork's pretty terrifying, but that's like uh, that, that's more of a suggestion. Yeah, no, I just imagine like the cuddly doggies and you. Just... Yeah, it's it's a boiler porgy. <laughs> they get feisty, man. All right, but that's that, that's pretty much all our monsters. But now we have to go through uh, like forty more of your monsters. Oh my Fuck, god, this list is long. It's just three, four. No, there's a lot. You hear that? I drank all of my drink. I did too. I finished wow. mine like an hour ago. No, I drank my beer and then I had a soda too. Because you're talking so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm interested in things. <laughs> you fucking nerd. <laughs> Podcast is over. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. So let's do your uh, three high level. All right. So these are it. This is this is 
this is it. These are the big bads. These are, you know, you, you, you went through, you went through 15 levels of shit to, <laughs> to, to get to these guys lair. So. All right, Jose. My number one. My number one. To- okay, actually, I'm not even going to mention that yet. We're going to get to that. This is going to be a countdown because <laughs> because, you know, what my number one is I didn't even have to put it on the document. No, I knew exactly <laughs> what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. So, OK, so we're going to start with we're going to start with the number three, <laughs> which is Tarasks. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tarasks, which is which is I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's a monster. I would say it's a dungeon. <laughs> it's just a moving, walking dungeon. Um, what is this, what is the size of this thing? Gargantuan. It is it is classified as gargantuan. Let me see what the actual but, size is. Parenthesis, Titan. Yeah, Titan. So it is. <laughs> It is known as the biggest thing in all of the monster manuals. Besides, I think I want to say the Astral Dreadnought is probably bigger, but it only it only exists on the astral plane, whereas the the um, Tarrasque, it's just there and it's always been there. Um, hold on. Let me let me get some let me get some clear. Yes, it is a titan. So this is this is one of those monsters that, first of all, it has a ridiculous amount of health. <laughs> it's almost it's almost at seven hundred HP. Six hundred and seventy six with thirty three D twenties. Is there is, is there is there hit die? Yeah, plus three hundred and thirty health. Oh, only three hundred and thirty. And it has a natural. It has a natural armor of twenty five. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> so, so this is okay. Before we go any further, um, ima- imagine if you will, you're you're a group of adventurers. You're going into a town, and you're there to stop a cult that is that is trying to bring back. The destroyer of worlds. His name is whatever. And and by some by some happenstance, you actually fail to stop the cult and they bring back the destroyer of worlds. Suddenly the whole city starts shaking and starts rising up out of the ground. And then that's when you realize <laughs> the Tarask is the village. They just built it on top of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that's and, and the thing about it is, according to the lore, that's how Tarasks are. They just yeah. they sleep. And when they wake up, just pray. <laughs> like just just oh god. Like it 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 would have to take deities to put this thing down. I love I love the actions on this thing. The actions is, it starts with multi-attack. The Tarrasque can use its frightful presence, which is, by the way, it's what? You have to make a, a, a wisdom saving throw of 17. Which is pretty be- high. Which is pretty high, and then you become frightened for one minute. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it says, it says, and then, <laughs> and then. 
it makes five attacks. One no. to its bite. <laughs> Which? What the fuck? I just read the bite. I actually haven't seen the stats on this thing. It's 4d12 plus 10. Yeah. That's one attack. And then, and then if it succeeds, it's. Oh, hold on, hold on. You're, you're, okay. You're, yeah, yeah. I'm getting ahead. I'm getting ahead. I'm sorry. You, go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on, hold on. You're forgetting the best part about the bite. It has a plus 19 to hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> a plus 19 to hit. I think the most AC I've seen in one of our games was actually 19. No, it was 20. It was Jeremy. It had a 20 at one point. So even if this thing rolls a natural one, <laughs> it's going to have enough. So it's it, it's one of those things. It's like you have to have. Okay, first of all, this is not a random encounter encounter. If you're, no, a, D, yeah. if you're, if you're a DM that has this as a random encounter, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like this is something this is something you need to tell your players you're going to need to prepare for this fight like can you, this can you can you even fight it though it has stats <laughs> if it if it bleeds you can kill it <laughs> like this is does it bleed uh, <laughs> that's a real okay. question okay hold on hold on let's go down the list so right. it has first of all it just it just it existing is enough to cast the fear spell on somebody. Right. Okay. Which is pretty bad. Then it gets one bite attack, two claw attacks, one horn attack, and one with its tail. Okay, so, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's do let's do a game. Give me a second. I'm launching to move annihilation on roll twenty real quick and I'm gonna put a Tresk down. Oh, I'm gonna God. roll those attacks. Oh no. I just wanna see what it would be, because I I can't even like I can't even like comprehend this. Hold on. Roll twenty. Roll twenty, please don't break. It's gonna like crash. Like, no, dude. No. I don't think you understand. (laughs) Where where did the token go? Okay. Oh wait. The whole level is the token. (laughs) Oh wow, the token is big, but it's not that big. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Okay, so character sheet. Okay, so tell me let's do let's do the multi-attack. So the first attack, I'm just gonna roll. Okay, first attack is its bite. Okay, just rolled. The multi-attack, the bite did 44 piercing damage. (laughs) Okay, that's it. You're dead. All right, what's the next attack? It's Okay, then it makes two claw attacks. All right, all right. By the way, to, to hit on the claw attacks, it's a 24... And a 31. Oh my god, so with disadvantage, it's... <laughs> Hold on. One claw attack did 32. <laughs> the other claw attack did 23. Oh my god. Okay, hold on, we're not done yet. Alright, keep going. And, and then it makes one horn attack. Alright, I'm doing rolling. My lowest roll was 32. <laughs> and it did... <laughs> It did 25 piercing damage. Oh my god. Alright. Does it keep going? Yeah, and then it gets one tail attack. Alright. My tail did... did, Okay, the lowest one, which was, if you roll with disadvantage, because it's on the right side, the 22. (laughs) But my my normal roll was a 37. Oh my god. 
<laughs> and he did and it did 26 damage. Okay, so that's that's a total of 150 damage. Now, now hold on, you're forgetting the best part. Yeah. It, it can forego its bite attack to instead use the swallow attack. Oh god. Which means if the Tarrasque makes a bite, bite attack against a large or smaller creature, it is grappling. No. The Tarrasque makes one bite attack against a large or small, smaller creature, it's get grappling. Sorry, I've been laughing so hard, I'm like discombobulated. <laughs> if the attack hits, the target takes the bite damage. So it takes the bite damage, and then it gets swallowed. While it's swallowed, the creature is blinded and restrained has total cover against attacks and other effects outside of the Tarrasque, but takes 16 D6 acid damage. All right, I'm doing this. At the start of each of the Tarrasque's turn. Uh, 16 D6. That's 67 damage. From its stomach acid. From its stomach acid. That's a total of 217 damage. If it, really, if, if it really didn't like you. <laughs> Yeah, so if you were in its if you were in its claws, which why wouldn't you? Because it has a thirty strength. It is capped out on strength, legitimately capped <laughs> out. So if you're grappling it, and for some reason it just doesn't like you, it can just turn you into paste with its one one turn. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so for our players that are listening. This is the most terrifying monster. <laughs> it has to take 16 or more damage in one turn. And then it has to make a constitution saving throw to not throw up. But the problem with that is, is that it's immune to fire, poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. <laughs> so. And it has a plus nine to charisma, wisdom, and a plus five to intelligence. Oh my god. So I guess it, the, I guess you could say it's not too perceptive. It has a ten in perception, <laughs> passive well, perception. I mean, well, I mean there is that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, thank God for small things. <laughs> Holy fuck! But, oh. the, but this is one of those things. It's like I would actually, if you want to get really cool with it, I would actually probably have it to be like it grapples the adventurers like all in one claw because it's big. It can do that. Why not? It takes the entire group of adventurers and then it eats it. But instead of doing the swallow attack, it like you get swallowed by the Tarrasque and now the dungeon is the inside of the Tarrasque. That'd be, that, that could be pretty cool. But check this out. Do you read the traits? Where? Tell me. Uh, anytime the Tarrasque is targeted by a magic missile spell, a line spell, or a spell that requires a range attack roll, roll a d6. On a 1 to 5, the Tarrasque is unaffected. On a 6, the Tarrasque is unaffected, and the effect is reflected back at the caster, as though it's originated from the Tarrasque, turning the caster into the target. What? Yeah, it's like it just reflects, like, range spells. Oh my god, so this thing, and then it has, and then it has magic resistance to saving throws. <laughs> And then on top of that, it has legendary resistance. <laughs> Why does this thing exist? <laughs> oh my god. Because the people at Wizards of the Coast wanted to make Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's... <laughs> 
Oh man. Like this would wow. legit this would legitimately have to take a deity to step yeah. in and just like stop it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No, this is this is fucking ridiculous. But but we gotta move on, Andrew, because we can talk no. about Tarasca oh. Beholders forever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So oh. so number two on my on my high tier list, it's a classic, classic monster. It's actually you know, it's it's literally in the name chromatic dragons and the reason why i said chromatic as opposed to metallic is because the chromatic ones like they they're they're evil but like storybook evil <laughs> you know wait like, i thought the chromatic dragons were the good dragons no that's the metallic dragons. oh i'm sorry i'm yeah now you're right i'm an idiot no, no, that's okay. Because because it has the word Chrome, so I'm like, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. That's what my yeah. mind went to. Yeah, there are some times where I'm like, wait, but it, it says Chrome. Chrome's a metal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me more about the chromatic dragons, Andrew. Okay, this is, so this is my my good night story. <laughs> so so I mean, just going down the list, you have the black dragons. The black dragons are known for their excessive cruelty. <laughs> so these are the ones it's like if you really want to be mean to your players throw a black dragon at them you know because they again they have the frightful presence yeah they have you know they have multiple attacks but then they also have acid breath so an ancient black dragon can do 15 d8 acid damage Jesus requiring, Christ. Re- requiring a dexterity saving throw of 22 Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Uh, the ancient blue dragons are the... Um, I believe they're... Yeah, they're the most vain. So these are the ones that would like to have worshippers and stuff like that. And they, you know, they, they want to have temples and altars built to them. Um, but what's really cool about them is that they live in the desert. But they do thunder damage. Or no, sorry, lightning damage. They actually oh, shoot yeah. light- yeah, they have lightning That's, breath. The, the the main the main bad guy from uh the big bad guy evil guy from uh Storm King's Thunder was a uh, was one of those. And then you have the the you have the green dragons, which these guys really like to lie. They're cunning and treacherous. Uh, treacherous. So it's this this is the this is the kind of this is the kind of dragon that would be like the Grima Worm Tongue. <laughs> you know, in your campaign, it's like constantly whispering to you like hey you know i can do this for you. i can you know can they can they shapeshift or is that the only oh, is that only the blue dragons uh, i don't think i don't even think i don't think any of the chromatic dragons can shapeshift no none okay. of the chromatic stat wise none of the chromatic dragons oh, can shapeshift. maybe okay maybe it was just the the storm king's thunder yeah. the the metallic dragons can shapeshift but the chromatic yeah. dragons cannot um, and then you have the red dragon, which is essentially smoke from the Hobbit. You know, hoards a lot oh, of gold. Gritty. Yeah, yeah, and incredibly violent, but also a little vain. And it's also out of all the dragons, the strongest one by far. Um, it has the most health. It can deal the most damage because it's, it's a red dragon. Come on, you know. Yeah, um, it's a classic. Yeah, exactly. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and then you have the white dragon, which is the most animalistic one, 
but it likes to live in uh, cold areas like the Arctic, you know, or the, whatever the equivalent of the Arctic would be. Um, and it has the, ice breath. The spine of the world. Yes, the spine of the world. And it also it's also the one with the lowest intelligence with just a flat rate of 10. Because it's um, so cold, man. Well, no, it's also known as the most animalistic. Ah. But what, what's really cool is that if you if you look at the stats of all these dragons, you can kind of tell which one is really good at what. So, like, for instance, like the green dragon, like I said, they're cunning and smart. They have an intelligence of, of 20, you know, whereas, yeah. whereas the, the ice dragon, it's more animalistic and whatnot. It has a higher constitution. So you can kind of, even just by looking at the stats, you can kind of parse out which ones these things do best. Um, but the reason why I chose them in my top three list is because a lot of people, they see dragons and they expect it to be like just beasts that just dragons. go around yeah. and cause terror, kind of like in Skyrim. And destroy shit. But a lot yeah, of yeah, people yeah. forget these things can talk. They are intelligent. They have goals and they have goals and motivations and needs and stuff like that. So there's, like, like, there's also like a whole thing with like... It wouldn't be uncommon to find a village worshipping a dragon as a god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? There's also the whole thing between like uh, giants and dragons. They hate each other. Yeah. And then on top of that, exactly. They hate each other. Like all the dragons, like none of the dragons can get along. <laughs> yeah. So each dragon thinks they are the alpha and omega of dragon kind. Yep. And it, it, it's, it's just a really cool dynamic. Also, also, if I remember correctly, is it the 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 gauntlet? Fuck! There's a there's a faction in in the Sword Coast that is dedicated to just. Keep dragons at bait, at bait, at bay, bait, bait. I can't talk. Keep dragons at bay. Yeah, the order of the gauntlet. Those guys. And what do they do? They're they're the dragon police, essentially. They're the dragon police. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they take care of like big, big dangers, but like you know, they keep check on dragons, make sure that they don't get too close to like major cities. Also, Waterdeep is protected with a freaking dragon barrier, so there's that. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really cool lore just in the Sword Coast with dragons, you know. Oh yeah, it's also <laughs> giants, <laughs> giants versus dragons, and the whole thing too. It, that it's it's a classic monster, classic scenarios. You can always switch them up. You know, you can always change them. You can always add some more stuff to it and make mm-hmm. something new out of it. I mean, it's just. With dragons, the possibilities are endless, and it's one of those things. Yeah. It's like if you really want to have a big climactic boss fight throw a dragon in there will you say adult or elder <laughs> ancient always if if i if if i'm gonna have if i'm gonna have oh, ancient a, dragon yeah you know what? i'm so glad you knew what i mean what i meant that's okay if if i'm gonna have a dragon as the final boss i'm going all out yeah no i agree <laughs> Like there are no no half measures with these things. And to get to the dragon, you have to go through a dungeon. Therefore, dungeons dungeon and dragon. Dragon. Both That's dungeon it. We're, we're, and dragon. We're done for the week. <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week. <laughs> all right, we got it. Roll, <laughs> pack it up, boys. We're done with this podcast. <laughs> all right, Andrew. Just because we are running low on time. No. I know. Shoot your number one monster and why, but. I want you to do it. Sell me on it. And go. 
All right. Okay, you want me to do the elevator pitch? Here we go. Yeah. All right. All right. Hold on. Let me set up for this. I got to concentrate. My number one monster. It has to be throughout the adventure you've been on. You've been tracking down this evil mage that has broken into this magical academy and stolen components from here. He's gone into the Feywild and for some reasons taken like components from there. And he's gone to the Shadowfell and taken components from there and whatnot. And you're trying to figure you're all the while you're you're trying to guess as you're as you're two steps behind and you're trying to you're trying to gain on him. What is he doing? What's his end game? You know? And mm-hmm. and you arrive at his lair. You you arrive at his lair too late. He's already he's already got what he wanted. He's created his phylactery. He already has he's already drinking the concoction required. And he rises up as a undead, undying being of pure evil and arcane. My number one pick for best monsters is the Lich. Now, Jose, yes. you've, you've personally heard me rant and rave about Liches. <laughs> but the, the one thing that I love so much about Liches is, be, is that it's it's the definition of a complete package you have liches are created by by wizards or sorcerers that don't want to die because they either want to seek more power or they want to continue their research so or you know some other some other um <clears throat> motivation but there's a lot of reasons for not wanting to die for sure oh yeah it's and it's and it's a very it's a it's a very human goal like you know there i we can we can name people right now that would be very tempted to become a lich <laughs> you know <clears throat> but but on top of that is that okay so the reason why i think it's the perfect villain or the perfect monster is because like i said the motivations are already laid out for you who it was in its past life you can kind of you can kind of fiddle with that but it's already it's already right there um and then on top of that it doesn't really have the most health for a creature of that challenge rating um which is 135 but it has it has rejuvenation which means if you kill it it's not actually dead yep. these things these things have a contingency plan for everything like this is the 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 thing, the thing about a lich is that you can't you can't be too terribly certain it won't come back yep <laughs> <laughs> and 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 if a lich was smart what he would do is that he would bury it beneath how far away does the, the phylactery have to be it doesn't say okay whatever <laughs> If he Dude, was smart, it, it, it can be in like a different plane. Yeah. So, so it's so right then. So right there, you have your quest. You're not just taking out the lich. You have to find its phylactery first because you have to kill it. You have to kill it with its phylactery already destroyed for it to be properly dead. Otherwise, Jeez. it's going to come back. And then and on top and how of many, that, how many, even how many without f- its spells, it can do a shit ton of damage with its with its paralyzing touch. 
which does 3d6 cold damage, and then it paralyzes you for a minute if you don't make a constitution saving throw. But I have a question, I have a question for that, you. It has a bunch of spells. This thing is... I have a question for you. What's up? How many of these philanthropies thingies? What are they called what are they call again? Phylacteries? Phylacteries. How many of these phylacteries does it have? It can have as many as it makes. Really? That's, that's the answer, yep. And I know this because, yes, Sererarag was a lich. So it can... And so... If I was a lich, <laughs> I, I would honestly, I would either go all out and have the phylactery be like in a lead box buried at the bottom of the ocean in the plane of water kind of a thing, or go the complete opposite direction and have the phylactery be just, you know, just like a rock outside the dungeon that mm-hmm. you know, everybody <laughs> overlooks. It's too obvious. <laughs> and nobody, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Oh god, these things are oh these things are awesome. <laughs> like it it's just just look at it. Just oh dude, there's also no more intimidating spells, which by the way, this thing has a lot of, but it doesn't have it has the most intimidating name spelled ever. Power which word is, kill. Power <laughs> word kill. Which and I, and I used and I used that in one on one of my characters, by the way. <laughs> Which hold on, let's bring up that spell just to just to really nail down how you, uh I, I have it up. I have it up. It says you utter a word of power that can compel one creature you can see within range to die instantly. If the creature you choose has one hundred hit points or fewer, it dies. Otherwise, the spell has no effect. No saving throws. No saving no throws. Dodge, no uncanny dodging. If you have less than a hundred health, you are fucked <laughs> yes it could be 99 and down you go and it doesn't yeah. it's not there's not a range limit on it either and the component is only vision so you, all you have to do is see the creature and just be like well it does have a range of 60 feet no it doesn't oh it does have a range dang it but still 60 feet that's a lot of room yeah <laughs> yeah power, <laughs> power word kill what the kill. fuck but then on top of that it has finger of death Power word stun, globe of invulnerability, <laughs> disintegrate, <laughs> disintegrate, cloud kill, dominate monster. This is one of those things that's like this. It, yeah. Fighting, yep. <laughs> fighting a lich would be the session. Yep. Oh, like the, probably, like, probably could, it could, it could, it could easily extend into two sessions. The reason yeah. it didn't it didn't do it for us in Tomb of Annihilation is because that lich was not in its lair, so it couldn't do it layer actions. Oh yeah, we haven't even gotten the lair actions. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like one one of the layers of actions is that a lich rolls a d8 and regains a spell slot at that level or lower. It just it just can't. It just oh you know what I I used up all my third level spells. Oh dude, uh, hey look it's back. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, this is this is one of the things. Like, if we were running an adventure and the and the big the big boss is a lich, which you know it might might or might not be in any of my homebrew games. If the big <laughs> boss was a lich, and it and and like we started at like seven, 
like our normal starting time. And around like eight o'clock, you guys got to the door of the Lich's Lair. Be like, well, that wraps up for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me on this. Damn, one. holy shit! So the Lich, one of the layer actions is. The Lich calls forth the spirit of, of creatures that died in its lair. These apparitions materialize and attack one creature that the Lich can see within 60 feet of it. The target must succeed on a DC 18, 18 constitution saving throw. Mm-hmm. Or take 15 D6 necrotic damage. Or half as much on a... Or half as much on a saving throw, but... 15 D6s! So, okay. And another one is the Lich targets one creature within 30 feet of it. A crackling cord of negative energy tethers the Lich to the target. Whenever the Lich takes damage, the target must make a constitution saving throw of of 18. On a failed save, the Lich takes half damage and the target takes the remaining damage. (laughs) Like, oh my god. (laughs) Like, it's just... I I can't get over just how like legitimately evil the lich is <laughs> like, yeah. the, a sadist wrote out the rules for these things <laughs> oh by the way oh, the, the, phyla- so much. the phylactery <laughs> liches are so awesome by, by the way the phylactery also uh, has a plus 12 to hit with its spells the phylactery part by the way it, it you have to be the body, the new body appears within five feet of the phylactery, so you can't really put it under the sea. <laughs> well, that's <clears throat> okay. So what you would have to do is that you can just you can put it you can put it under the sea, but it can be in a really big lead cube. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you can just because then you can just cast dimension door and just yep. pop out of there. That's true. Yeah. Or or plane shift. <laughs> like I mean, come on. <laughs> Like that's that's one of the things. Is like if I really if I really wanted to be mean, like if we were playing like competitive D anD D, I'd be like, you guys will never find a phylactery. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I know your favorite your favorite monsters is a lich. I know that for sure. Um, but that's all the time and more that we have for you today. Um, sadly, we won't be doing <laughs> uh, we won't be doing um, session highlights because we're running into two and a half hours here. We need to like cut it. Yeah. But thank you, thank you all for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on our social medias: Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and uh, come watch us play live every Wednesday or almost every Wednesday on Twitch. We're currently playing Curse of Strahd. Uh, give us a follow and uh, join us in the chat window. And uh, if you like our podcast or have any comments, feel free to leave them at uh, the iTunes or Spotify, wherever you can rate us. Yeah, it always helps. Um, and th- thank you for joining us and listening. Uh, and as always, keep playing, keep moving forward. But wait, I didn't even get into to my to my bottom three. No, Andrew, <laughs> two and a half hours is too much. Wait! No!